podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Current and former athletes, members of the athletic department, and of course the best fans in the country all make up a very special group we like to call the Cyclone Family. Join me, Jamie Steyer-Johnson, as I bring you closer to the people that make Iowa State unique each week on the Cyclone Family Podcast. Some names you may know, while others may be new to you, but one thing's for sure, this is one family reunion you won't want to miss each week on the Cyclone Family Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz, and it has been way too long since I said those words. We today have a lot of stuff to go over. It is just me by myself jumping back into the podcasting here. It's been a weird three weeks for me. Glad to be back with you guys. We have a ton of stuff to cover because a lot of things have happened. We've had the NFL draft. We've had the end of the season where a bunch of different players are declaring for the NBA draft. We have had all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, Kansas football spring game happened. We had as well a whole bunch of stuff happening in the uh, Olympic sports realm that has all happened while I've been gone. So I am not going to cover all that today. Uh, we will briefly mention a lot of the different things. We're going to dive deep into a lot of these topics here in the next couple weeks. Um, you know, we are not going to dive super deep into anything. It's more of a update. Here's what's happening. Uh, you know, updating what's going on with the schedule here for the podcast. I will let you guys know off the top a little bit of podcast news. Um, unfortunately, the daily show was just not a sustainable thing. Um, had a lot of problems. One with trying to fill up guests, taking way too much time for me personally, causing some issues at home. Um, you know, just because a lot of stuff is happening. There's a lot of things going on for a lot of different people. And like you guys know, I don't do this full time. This is not my full time job. So unfortunately, I don't have the time during the workday uh, to be able to crank out a lot of these podcasts, meaning I'm doing this for your guys enjoyment. Well, honestly, for my own enjoyment as well. You know, in the evenings, during the weekends, all of this great stuff. I love covering the Jayhawks. I will continue to cover the Jayhawks. It is one of those things that is now ingrained in the way that I do things. But uh, unfortunately, I I did not realize how much of a commitment it was to do a daily show Monday through Friday. So instead, we are pairing this back, at least during the offseason, um, to one or two episodes a week, depending on what's going on in that particular week. We will be having our season finale coming up here probably in about a month or so. I have a few topics that I want to hit before we dive into that. But remember, uh, or for those of you that are new in this season, our season finale is every single KU guest we've had on during the course of this academic school year. Um, coming back, talking about their favorite moments from the football team, the basketball team, and then anything else that happened at KU. Um, that's typically a three-episode week when we have that. And we literally have a good hour or long so in each of those shows. One's focused on football, one's focused on basketball, and one's focused on everything else that's happened around the rest of the athletic department. So I am looking forward to that. I have already started to reach out to a few people so we can get that started. I do expect that series of episodes to be dropping late May or early June. Um, in fact, it might, it might actually just be mid-June that we actually go ahead and drop that, depending on everything else we have to talk about and what happens between now and then. So be on the lookout for that. After those drop, we will be taking probably another two or three week hiatus to kind of gear up for the new season, get ready for our summer stuff. If something really big happens, we might have an emergency episode during that time. But you guys do have me back for a good month or so while we wrap up all of the news, dive deep into a lot of these things. We're going to be releasing one or two episodes a week, kind of get back to that normal schedule that we had. And then when the new season ramps up, we will not be picking up the daily format again. Again, it's just too much for me to do during the season, especially 
Uh, but we will have either two or three episodes each week talking about everything that's going on with the Jayhawks. We are planning on trying to be out at more of the Kansas sports coming into the next year. I am working on making that a reality so we can do that. And of course, as part of our coverage over at Blue Wings Rising, bluewingsrising.com, we will be trying to cover more of these events in person if we absolutely can. So be on the lookout for that sort of stuff. Um, and again, in the summer, we will, we are, we will be bringing over the tradition that we had over at Rock Chalk Talk, where we had the 100 day countdown to Kansas football. Uh, we are planning on doing a similar sort of thing over Blue Wings Rising to continue that tradition to make sure you guys have all the coverage for this football team. And let me tell you, it is an exciting time to be a Kansas football fan. You guys thought last year was wild. We get ready for another year as I take another step forward. So let's go ahead and start there with Kansas football. A lot of things have happened in the offseason. Spring practices, that spring preview, absolutely phenomenal spring preview from everything that I that I w- was able to read. I did actually watch the game that was on ESPN Plus when they when they broadcast that the Wednesday after the spring game. Um, I really enjoyed what I saw there. It was a great show. Got to saw a lot of really fun stuff. A lot of guys that that were really having fun playing for Kansas. Lawrence Arnold, wide receiver, really kind of showed out with what he was able to do. Uh, the thing actually was most impressed by was that wide receiving core. Look, there was some questions when there were some uh, interesting transfers that happened. But what I did realize watching that game um, is that we do have a lot of, I think, underrated wide receiver talent on this team. A lot of guys that I think are going to be able to show out this year. There is not a lot of guys with a lot of pedigree, a lot of guys that you would expect. But I do think that what's going to happen at Kansas this year is that the offense is going to surprise a lot of people. A lot of people think of this KU offense as a running first team, um, that they just don't have the guys at wide receiver. And when you lose a guy like Kwame Lasseter, uh, you know, who, who actually made it into the NFL, signed a contract, um, or I'm sorry, was, was actually selected as an undrafted free agent picked up by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but, when you lose a guy like that, and he was the clear number one, typically there is a lot of questions about what that wide receiver room is going to look like. But Luke Grimm, uh, you know, I mean, there's quite a few guys. I don't want to list through all of them, but Luke Grimm is the guy that jumped off the page of me at first. Uh, him, him and then Lawrence Arnold are two guys I'm expecting to take big step forward. But I do think it's going to be a fairly balanced passing attack. There are a lot of wide receivers, again, that impressed me watching that spring preview that I think a lot of people are going to be wondering where the heck this guy's coming from. So looking forward to what we see there from Jalen Daniels, from Jason Bean. I do expect Jason Bean to be on the field. Um, I think fairly similar to the Tory Lachlan role that we had from last year, where, you know, he's going to be playing from probably from the running back position with the ability to throw. If something happens, you know, he can, he can potentially do some trick plays or he can do whatever. So I do expect both Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean to be on the field at times. Um, Bean is not going to get nearly as many quarterback snaps, I don't think, at least from early indications. Obviously, a lot of things can happen during the summer. A lot of things can happen during fall camp. Um, but it really appeared to me by the way that they did things that Jalen Daniels was a more impressive guy during the spring preview. And the way that he ended last season, it just seems to me to be his spot to lose. So, um, obviously, I think the next thing to talk about is all of the transfer portal stuff. Uh, Kansas did lose 11 players to the transfer portal right after the spring preview. Um, I don't actually remember if that includes Lawrence Arnold indicating that he was going to transfer and then changing his mind and deciding to come back. That in and of itself, we can talk about that. But, um, you know, the fact that Kansas lost a lot of guys, the vast majority of those guys, um, 
at least the way that it felt to me was these were guys that were told that you're not going to get the kind of playing time that you want. And with the fact that they don't have to sit out now to transfer to somewhere else, I fully expect a lot of those guys to try to find places where they can play immediately, um, where they're not stuck behind guys, where they're not being recruited over. You know, Kansas has had some recruitment stuff going on. They actually just picked up a wide receiver commitment in the transfer portal as well. So there is a lot of opportunities for Kansas to improve at this point. Um, and as we talked about during the recruiting show or the 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 show right after this, the signing period, Kansas is going to make a lot of moves, I think, in the transfer portal, especially since there's so many guys that are coming in with three or four years of eligibility. Um, it's not like what we're used to, where you get a bunch of grad transfers that come in with up to two years of eligibility, or you find guys that have spent two years, you know, languishing behind a bunch of people and not have very much eligibility because you have so many guys have COVID years where they can come in and they can have three or four years. It's not that much different bringing these guys in than it would be trying to find freshmen. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities for Kansas to improve fairly quickly. I do think that this is going to be a good chance for them to really step it up. Uh, I fully expect to hear about more guys that are coming over in the transfer portal. Uh, I don't, I don't have any indications about who specifically that is, but there are some great resources out there for recruiting. Uh, you know, we've had some of these guys here on the podcast before. You can go over to the rival site, um, Jayhawk Slant. You can go over to uh, the 24-7 sports site, fog.net. They are, are all doing great work to keep you guys up to date about who's rumored to be coming, what kind of those recruiting bits, um, all of that stuff. I unfortunately don't have the sources to be able to do that for you guys right now and, and keep you up to date. Um, ideally, I'd like to get there at some point, but I'm going to be honest. Again, this is what these guys do for their jobs all the time. They are much better equipped to be able to handle that. I just like to be able to talk about what we're seeing and what we're able to do here. So completely different functions. I really appreciate what those guys do over there. Uh, and if you have the opportunity to go and follow them, subscribe to their services, I highly recommend it because they have a lot of really great information for you guys. So, all right, that's enough about football. Um, I'm sorry, that's enough about Kansas football players that are actually at Kansas right now. Um, we did have the NFL draft this last weekend. Kansas did have a player selected uh, in Kyron Johnson. He was selected in the sixth round going to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles actually traded up, I think, nine spots to get to there. Um, which again, it is the sixth round. So you are like trading a ton of stuff to be able to do that. But the fact that you are trading up in that time, you know, in that late draft spot to pick a guy like, like Kyron Johnson, I, I had heard going into the draft that he was probably going to be a mid to late sixth round pick just because of where he graded out. He is a little bit undersized for a lot of what people want to do. He's not, you know, very bulky for an edge. Um, but what we saw in the senior day games and everything else that was going on there is his speed is absolutely phenomenal. And when you have that sort of thing, you know, it is, it is really, really easy to take a late round selection on a guy like that, that has those sorts of abilities so that you can try to get something from him and make it worth that. I do think the Eagles is probably a good spot for him. I would expect to see him quite a bit on special teams. Um, he is a guy that, you know, reads to me like there's a chance he might try to be a gunner on a special teams coverage unit or something like that, or at least one of those guys that can get down there and really affect the play. Um, I do think honestly that they will work, try to work him in on the defense in some fashion. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what they're able to do there. Uh, but I do fully expect him to be able to jump on in some fashion. In addition to Kyron Johnson, Kwame Lasseter was picked up, like I said before, as an undrafted free agent after the draft. Uh, he is going to the Cincinnati Bengals where he is joining, um, you know, former Kansas players in uh, Puka Williams and Hakeem Adenogy, Um, You know, so 
lots of uh, Kansas players on that offense there. Obviously, Puka Williams is kind of more of a special teams player, gets in as like the third string running back, um, if even that. Um, you know, there's so, yes, I'm like, am I expecting there to be a lot of Cincinnati Bengals who are former Jayhawks that are playing regularly? Probably not. I'm not even sure Akeem Adeniji, after his performance in the Super Bowl and the way he played through, um, you know, the last few seasons, if he is likely to be the starting tackle there. But, uh, you know, the, having him on the roster, like, I don't expect him to get cut or anything like that. So having those guys on the roster is absolutely great for the Jayhawks. Having those, you know, having more and more guys that are in the NFL. And, hey, we're always going to be able to say that in this draft, Kansas had more players drafted than Texas. So, uh, you know, I love that fact. It's one of, another way that Kansas has beat Texas in football recently. Um, I know that we're not always going to be able to say that. There's a good chance that Texas, with a you know another year or two, is going to get right back to having a bunch of draft picks. But uh, we will always have this season. It was a great season for Kansas. Good to get the turnaround started after beating Texas during the season. Um, you know, and seeing what they're able to do. That tells you, I think, just how great these assistant coaches have been in developing players. You know, even going back to Les Miles, the one thing that you cannot say about Les Miles was that he did not. You cannot say that he didn't have coaches that could develop players because we did see a lot of guys develop. What we didn't see under Les Miles was the actual execution on the field and, you know, them putting together what they needed on the field to actually win games. We started to see quite a bit of that stuff from Lance Leipold and continuing to develop those players. We saw the development from the players and the development of the game plan throughout the course of the season. And I am fully expecting to see that again this year. And I do think that there's a good opportunity that Kansas can have additional players drafted in the next few years, you know, start just work up. I, it's going to be difficult, I think, to get a Kansas player drafted in the first round anytime soon. But that does not mean that they are not going to get to a point where they can't have, you know, where they can have, um, you know, three or four players that are drafted, you know, even a, a player or two drafted during day two of the draft. There are a lot of opportunities for Kansas to really get back to where they need to be during, uh, you know, in terms of players going to the next level, which will can only help the school as they continue to recruit and continue to bring guys in. So um, I think that's it for football right now, though. Look, we will dive deep into the spring preview. We will dive deep into the roster situation. I have, or I'm in the process of talking with some guests right now to try to get those. That will be two of our episodes. One will talk, we'll actually dive into the spring preview, um, you know, and so, so we can actually take a look at what we've seen, kind of reset, get ready for next year, all of that fun stuff before we hit our break. But Speaking of breaks, I do need to go ahead and throw it to a break because when we come back, I'm going to talk about the rest of what's going on with the athletic department. Obviously, there's a bunch of basketball stuff going on. Um, you know, we have women's tennis that is entering the postseason. We've got baseball and softball, lots of stuff going on. Before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We will be right back on the Rock Jog Podcast. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate pit, joined by my brother, Jeremy J and Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, any place. Get at your boys. And we're back. I am solo today in our return to the podcast airwaves, talking about everything that's happened in the last few weeks with the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, and let me tell you, it has been quite a bit. Um, you know, Kansas obviously winning the national title, uh, opened up a lot of opportunities like it did the last time that they won a title, opened up a lot of opportunities for individual players 
uh, to test the waters, to probably have a little bit of a higher draft stock. You know, even even though the NBA draft is high on potential, you know, and they, for the most part, what you actually do from a team perspective in college doesn't have a lot of sway on how you get, you know, looked at, how you potentially get drafted in the NBA draft. Um, there is definitely something to say for, for a championship bump. You know, a guy like Christian Brown, who coming into the tournament, I thought that he, you know, was probably about 30 or 40% to go to the NBA draft and stick in it. I think we're probably kind of the other way around now. He's probably a 60 to 70% chance. So, so players that have declared for the draft that still technically have an opportunity to come back would be Ochai Abaji, David McCormick, Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, those four guys. Um, I actually, at this point, if I had to handicap it, do not expect any of those guys back. McCormick and, o- and, and Abaji are for sure gone. I just, I don't know what McCormick can come back and actually do to improve his draft stock, to improve his ability to play overseas, unless he's looking at a gigantic NIL deal here. Um, I don't know that it makes much sense for him to come back because he can make more money elsewhere. That being said, if he came back, I mean, I don't know that Bill Self would say no, right? They've got, they do have guys in Zach Clements, um, you know, and then, uh, and then actually KJ Adams said that he's staying, you know, they have Cam Martin, they have a lot of guys and we will look at the roster again coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, so they do have a lot of guys that are going to be manning the post down low. I was on a Twitter spaces with Mike Vernon a few weeks or like a week and a half ago, kind of talking about this situation. I, I don't know where Kansas would potentially have the room for a guy like McCormick to come back. Um, that would mean that somebody would have to transfer because they just, one, I don't think they have the scholarship room. And two, I just don't know they have a playing time if he comes back for a lot of the guys that they have here, which means that you might see some, some differences. You might see some guys decide to leave. Now, the, the deadline for guys to enter the transfer portal and be able to play next season has pretty much passed at this point. It's going to be very difficult for guys to leave um, because most of the guys that are wanting to leave are going to leave because they want a better situation to be able to play next year. That being said, though, that does not preclude guys from leaving. It also means, I believe, when I am recording this, that there is still 24 hours for um, you know the deadline for schools to let the public or or for you know basically for schools to let people know that someone has entered the transfer portal. So technically, between like when this comes out, it is theoretically possible that you could hear about someone. And I might have the date wrong on that, but I'm not ruling out the possibility that a guy might leave between now and the beginning of the season. Um, that being said, though, I just I don't know that McCormick comes back, uh, necessitating any of that. We could have news of a guy that gets that you know transfers in, or a guy that you know gets early entry, or I'm sorry, early graduating and comes in at the semester or something like that. That could put Kansas in a flux a little bit. The Kansas scholarship situation is pretty much set. You know, they pretty much have who they're going to have coming into next year. Um, I don't expect Ochai Abaji to come back again. You know, first-team All-American, consensus first-team All-American, uh, you know, tournament, MOP. He has pretty much every accolade you could possibly need. I would I would be shocked if he doesn't go in the lottery in, in the NBA draft. And so it would be really surprising for him to come back. Um, so I am, you know, expecting that to open up. Christian Brown again. I expect him to go um, after the way that he played in the in the Final Four and in the championship game. It's hard for me to imagine that there's much left that he can do. Um, the only thing potentially that might cause him to come back is that if he does come back, he's going to get a heck of a lot of NIL deals um, because he is one of the guys that's out there the most, that's t- kind of talking the most. Um, you know, he really enjoys all of that stuff. He is very, very much about the self-promotion, not in a bad way. 
And so he is a guy that if he comes back, I, I feel like he's going to have more NIL opportunities than most guys will in his, in his situation. Uh, and so it could be a profitable thing for him. But I also think after the way that that run went, there is a very, very good chance that he is going to be a first-round selection, end of the first round, but that he is going to be a first-round selection. And I have always said if you're a first-round NBA draft selection, it's almost a no-brainer that you have to go because it's really hard um, you know, to improve upon that. And it's really, really hard to turn down the kind of money that comes from that from being a first round as opposed to a second round. If you're a second rounder, that, you know, all bets are off. Um, Jalen Wilson is another guy who obviously has declared. I don't know that I expect him back. I could see him coming back. He's probably the most likely of all the guys that have declared that have that eligibility left. Um, so like I could potentially see him back. I just don't see it at this point though. I think Kansas has enough guys that are going to be out on the wing that are going to be playing that, uh, you know, unless Wilson gets feedback back that says he's going to be low second round or undrafted, I have a hard time imagining he's going to be coming back to school. You know, he had gotten information last year, kind of figured out what he needed to do. Um, and so I fully expect him to have made the changes he needed to to his game to be able to go ahead and get drafted high, higher than, you know, anything he can do next year. So I don't expect him to be back. I expect all four of those guys to be gone, which means Kansas is going to have a lot of new faces next year playing. You're going to see a lot of different things. And again, we will talk more about that coming up in the next few weeks here going into next season. We will kind of talk about that as, as news drops, all of that fun stuff. So, um, but the best part and the thing that I am still celebrating is obviously the fact that Kansas won the national championship, making a lot of this stuff possible. And you too can still celebrate Kansas winning the championship by going and ordering from sponsor here on the podcast, Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel has the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. They have t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, all kinds of great stuff. They're actually right in the middle of their refresh season. Um, you know, over the next few weeks, they are refreshing a lot of the brands or a lot of the schools that they have that it's been a while since anything's new. So they're adding new shirts for a bunch of different schools. They've already done a bunch of big 12 schools. They had Baylor. You could actually say Kansas got the first refresh with their national championship shirt. Um, you know, even though it only been a few weeks since their actual shirts had come out initially, but uh, Baylor's gotten a refresh already. West Virginia's gotten a refresh. Houston's gotten a refresh. I actually have one of the Shasta uh, sign hand sign shirts. Uh, it is on its way to me right now. I am looking forward to it. Look, they have so many great things from so many different schools, over 120 schools, I think, last count, um, that it's really, really hard not to find something you're going to like, even if it's from a school that you don't actually root for. Um, look, I want one of those Strata Destiny shirts for, for St. Peter's. There is a lot of great stuff. If you head on over to homefieldapparel.com, use promo code CHOCK12. You can get 15% off your entire first order, and all orders over $100 get free shipping. They have so many great things. I can guarantee you're going to want, you're going to end up going over $100, even with that promo code that saves you 15%. So head on over there, homefieldapparel.com, promo code CHOCK12, save yourself 15%, and get a bunch of different great shirts today. All right. So. That isn't the only thing that's happened, though. Basketball or football. Um, the tennis season is over, the the regular season. Uh, Kansas tennis actually ended the season after the Big 12 tournament, which they didn't win, but they you know were fairly competitive in. Um, they finished the season ranked 25th in the rankings. They were selected. They go out to Stanford, California uh, to face, I believe it's UCSB, uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, I am not super familiar with how the tournament works. Again, we, we did cover them a little bit a few years back when they went on a big run, when they won the big 12 tournament, uh, here at home. 
Um, and so while I have not had an opportunity due to a bunch of stuff going on to have someone from the tennis program or someone related to the tennis program or whatever to come on and talk about that, we have been following what they're doing. We are really, really excited about what, um, you know, about what Kansas is doing. Um, Maria Totova, I believe that's how you say her last name is ranked 52nd in the nation. She has been selected to compete for the singles championships. Um, that will be happening the end of May. Kansas as a whole has been selected for the 2022 tournament. Uh, the opening round for them takes place, I actually believe, yeah, Stanford, California to face UC Santa Barbara. They square off this Friday. That is the 6th of, of May at noon central time. I believe you will be able to watch that online. Uh, so I would definitely highly recommend it if you can. Uh, if you're like me and work at a job where you can actually have something on a second screen and kind of keep an eye on it, I know that I will be keeping an eye on it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Uh, but Kansas, Kansas does have the opportunity to win both the team national title and then an individual national title, uh, with, with Maria there. So definitely pay attention to that. Be following it. Again, I would love to get someone related to the tennis program on to kind of talk about this. We're going to try to do a lot more of that, I think, in the offseason and try to kind of get you know, off-season updates and all of that sort of stuff so you guys can stay up to date on a lot of these programs. And again, I promise next year we're going to do a lot better about keeping track of a lot of these programs, talking about a lot of these programs as their seasons are going on. I am already making plans for volleyball coverage in the fall, um, but I am seriously looking forward to following a lot of these programs that are taking big steps forward. So um, speaking of other programs, though, unfortunately, the next two to talk about are not really taking steps forward like I was expecting this year. Um, I had high hopes for the Kansas baseball team and for the Kansas softball team. Unfortunately, both of those teams are struggling. Um, look, it's difficult to play baseball and softball in the state of Kansas because of the realities of the weather early in the season. You have to go on a lot of really long road trips. It's not necessarily super easy to recruit. Um, I am not going to put either of these coaches on blast saying that she get fired or anything like that. These are, you know, there are real struggles for Kansas trying to recruit guys to put rosters together. Um, Kansas baseball has absolutely phenomenal play uh, from their from their shortstop, who we actually wrote an article about over on Blue Wings Rising. Shout out to Lucas Murphy, who who had a really great article talking about Maui Ahuna. Uh, he has a shortstop who is putting up phenomenal numbers. The Jayhawks will have him for one more season because of the way that the baseball draft works. If you come to college, you have to be in school for at least three years. Um, so I am expecting him to be back next year for Kansas to be able to enjoy what he is bringing to the team and, you know, all of that fun stuff. So definitely some guys to keep an eye on, uh, even though the team results have not been there the way that we really would like them to be. You know, Kansas still has an opportunity to have some excitement going to the end of the year. They are 18 and 26 and three and 12 in the conference. Unfortunately, those aren't great numbers, uh, but they still do have a two game set against uh, Omaha. Actually, game one is going on uh, up in Omaha, Nebraska, as we are talking or as I am recording this with you guys um, coming up this weekend. They are on the road to Manhattan, Kansas to face Kansas State. The Saturday game, I'm sorry, the Friday game is at 6 p.m. on, uh, it's on ESPN Plus. Actually, all three of these games are on ESPN Plus this weekend. So at 6 p.m. On, on Friday evening, 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon, and then 1 p.m. Sunday afternoon. 
next they will finish up the season here uh looks like by the end of may they still have home or i'm sorry they yeah they still have a home series against tcu next weekend they have a home game against missouri in the middle of the week after that and then they end the season on the road at texas before the big 12 baseball championship so i believe i'll have to double check but i believe that that baseball championship is not open to every single school i believe that there's nine big 12 schools that play baseball and you have to qualify in the top eight in order to be invited. So I will double check on that. We will talk about that again next week. But it is one of those things where Kansas is still fighting for an opportunity to be able to play in the Big 12 championship postseason. Um, you know, it's going to take a miracle of them running through that and actually winning that somehow in order to be able to make it to the NCAA tournament. But there is still a lot for this team to play for, and there are still some exciting players to watch. So I highly recommend if you have an opportunity to catch those games this weekend that you do it, show some support for the guys. Uh, and really kind of enjoy what we're doing there. On the other side, uh, let's see, for women's softball, on the other hand, uh, it, you know, it's been a rough couple of weeks for women's softball, unfortunately. Um, this team is 15 and 31, again, not playing very well. Overall, they are 2 and 13 in the conference. They just got done facing the overall number one team in the nation in Oklahoma this last weekend. They are actually finishing up this weekend uh, with a three-game set against Iowa State on the road up in Ames. They already had senior day. Uh, unfortunately, they were only able to score one run over the entire course of that series, um, which honestly is not something to be too upset about because this is, again, Oklahoma, the most prolific scoring team in all of college softball. They have three of the best pitchers in all of college softball as well. That isn't really anything to be too upset about. You know, I do think most Kansas softball fans, though, were expecting this team to be more competitive this year. Um, again, COVID issues, a lot of things have disrupted the first few years of Coach McFall's, um, you know, her, her tenure here at the University of Kansas. So again, I am not using the opportunity to highlight these, you know, schedules to say that, hey, these guys need to get fired or anything like that. I still think that there's a lot of work that can be done, a lot of work that these coaches can do, and I am excited to see what they're able to do next year. Go show whatever support you can, if at all possible. Um, obviously, I'm not going to tell you guys you need to travel up to Ames to go watch the softball matchups this weekend, uh, but I do believe that some of these may be available. Um, no, I'm sorry. I don't actually see where these might be available online to watch, but uh, do whatever you can to support them. You know, show your support for the ladies that we have here and hopefully we can get one of these, at least one of these games in the final to, to, you know, end the season on a good note here. So, but uh, that is actually it for the softball team. There is one other team in action uh, or that has been in action that it would be men's golf. The schedule for the men, uh, actually, I believe the men finished the season with, a few pretty good results. You know, they were first at the Hawkeye intercollegiate. Uh, unfortunately, they finished tied for 11th up in uh, or over in Arizona at the Cowboy Classic. But they've had some pretty good results here over the course of the season. Kind of fade a little bit down the stretch, I think, just because of the step up in some of the competition that they had. Um, you know, they, they did end up getting sixth overall in the Big 12 championship. That got shortened because of weather. They do have, uh, I believe that the the regional announcements for the schedule, like the, the golf schedule is coming out. Um, I believe the selection show is actually later on tonight. I don't have results from the selection for the big 12 or for the NCAA tournament, but I fully expect 
Kansas to be invited for them to be fairly competitive in it and have an opportunity to advance past regional. So as we get results there, as we get things we can talk about there, we will be talking about that. So again, I really appreciate you guys tuning in for this episode. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of super in depth about any of these particular topics because I, I want to dive into all of them. Um, I figured this would be a good opportunity to give you guys kind of an overview, talk about the change in the scheduling, all of that fun stuff. We have a lot of great things planned for the podcast, planned for the website coming up over the summer and going into next season. There are a lot of things I am super excited about. So make sure if you have not already, go on out and subscribe to the Rock Chalk Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast.gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the 1012 Podcast Network. Um, you know, we cover all the teams in the Big 12 Conference. There are like 10 different podcasts over there right now, all putting out great content. I regularly appear over on the 1012 podcast on Mondays. Um, so tune into all of that. Get, you know, a lot of information about a lot of different schools from around the conference, especially as we move into the new membership of the conference and everything going on there. So we are also on the Anchor platform, so you can leave us a voicemail. Uh, you know, it's a week next to get your voice on the show. Just go to anchor.fm slash rock dash chalk dash podcast slash message. And I promise we'll get you on the show. Uh, make sure you visit our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Promo code chalk 12 gets you 50% off your entire first order. But that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Welcome one, welcome all, and yes, I want you to be listening to the Tortillas and Tanks podcast presented by 1012 Network. If you are a fan that is of a team that has 12 wins going to the national championships every year, that just loves to talk about all the success that your program has had, well, then you're probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you are a fan that just likes to really be in it every week, and, and really have a real good shot at winning it, you're also probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you have really high highs and really low lows and really drink quite a bit, you might be a Texas Tech fan. So come along and party with us here at Tortillas and Takes. We're going to sit back, crack open a cold one, eat some tortillas, and, and as always, we're going to stay wrecked, people. <laughs>